you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 147 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, I'm going to be talking about the latest in the Billy Bean saga, because uh, it does not look like he is long for Oakland at this point, so just give you guys some of the reports on that, and then what that could mean for the A's moving forward. I know that I touched on some of that yesterday. I'm going to try not to repeat myself. Uh, I will instead say, hey, listen to Monday's show, Billy Leaving for Beantown, that'll get you guys all cut up to date with everything that I'm going to be talking about today. Who am I kidding? There's definitely going to be overlap between these two episodes. Um, but anyways, before I get into any of that stuff, please follow us on social media at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, fill up that mailbag, you guys. I want to answer your questions all off season. So send questions to uh, LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Let them know that Lockdown sent you, and uh, that helps. So do that. Go to rockauto.com. Get your car parts. Um, So let's get into today's episode, you guys. Um, There are reports from both Jared Diamond of the Wall Street Journal and then Susan Slusser of the Chronicle. We all know Susan. basically confirming his report a little bit that Billy Bean would leave the A's if the merger goes through that I talked about yesterday with Red Bull and the parent company of the Red Sox that would take them public and do all that stuff. Lots of financial mumbo jumbo. I'm not very good at that stuff. So uh, again, that, that's not my, my shtick. So Wall Street Journal probably has you better covered than I do on that one. But uh, basically the news for A's fans coming out of this is that if the deal does go through, Billy Bean would be leaving the A's according to Jared Diamond of the Wall Street Journal and Susan Slusser of the Chronicle. Susan also even threw in a little uh, a little source saying that, you know, he might he might enjoy something outside of baseball at this point. Oh yeah, he wouldn't be running the Red Sox either. That that's another big part of this whole thing. He'd be doing more he'd be more focused on European soccer. Uh, the Red Sox ownership group also owns the Liverpool Football Club. Um I Liverpool is what they're called, as far as I know. I think that they're a football club. They could be something else. But they just won the Premier League Championship and all that stuff. They're probably in the Champions League. I'm still getting accustomed to, you know, European soccer. So I know that those two leagues, and then there's some other ones. But La Liga. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, he'd be focused on European soccer. He loves soccer and all that stuff. So uh, that's something for him to keep an eye on as well. Um, so it's a plus that he wouldn't be competing against the A's at the very least. So yay, I guess. Um, all of this, if Billy Bean does leave, everybody's basically saying that David Force, the A's current GM, would be next in line to take over as the executive vice president. You know, Billy Bean's current role, the operator of baseball operations, if you will. Um, so that makes perfect sense. He's been with the, uh, the organization since 2000. He knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, he was always, you know, the, the, the next guy in line right there. So uh, too bad for Hans Eide couldn't hold out like another 10 years to get that job. Oh, well, um, that that would basically leave the GM role open, I, I believe, depending on when the merger went through and when Billy Bean actually left. Um, I, I know that sometimes uh, EVPs or the executive vice presidents can do both jobs and do do both jobs. But uh, I don't know that that's something that the A's would necessarily want to do unless they're cutting costs, which could be something that they do this uh, this winter, but hopefully not. But if the A's do want to fill that GM role, I did have an idea of 
somebody who recently got fired that would actually make a lot of sense. Uh, and that would be Billy Epler, the Angels just fired GM from whenever the regular season ended, like two weeks ago. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's on the market now. What does he want to do these days? Not sure. I assume that he wants to try and build a winner. So uh, that's that's fun. The A's would also like that. But the main reason that Billy Epler came to mind for me is because he's been in the AL West for the last slew of years. He has scouting reports on his guys or his former guys. He has scouting reports on the A's guys. He has scouting reports on the Astros and Rangers and Mariners. That could be very valuable information for the A's because uh, they play in the margins anyway. If they can get a little bit of a leg up with another team's scouting reports on them and other teams in the division, that could be very valuable. And I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, bringing them on board for, you know, a season or two. It's like a special advisor or something like that. And I was so intrigued by this that I reached out to uh, Taylor Blake Ward, who's been covering the Angels since I've known him, which is roughly eight years. He's a, he's a good dude. And I asked him, like, hey, what do you think about Bailey Epler? How was he regarded in Los Angeles of Anaheim? And he uh, shot me back this text. And it says, Epler is liked within baseball, former scout, so he... Uh, has some form of respect on that front, insanely good in negotiation room, maybe too inclined to change the process and look towards scientific data above baseball or analytical, which I think makes him outsmart himself at times. Uh, took that approach from football, sure. Uh, really good with media, really good. So he, uh, he, he likes Billy Upler, which is all I was really looking for was a, a positive review of Billy Upler. And he did throw in that sometimes he, you know, outthinks himself and, you know, gets into the data too much and all that stuff. Um, what I like about adding him as the GM or something where there's somebody else in the room with him where he's not making all the decisions by himself. Uh, I, I, I do like that idea where he could be like, hey, here's this data. And then David Forrest could be like, oh, hey, well, this thing, too, this is what we're going to do and go with that. So it would be more of a two tier system as opposed to Billy Epler by himself driving, driving himself insane. Um, I like that idea a lot personally. Plus scouting reports. That's what I want is those damn scouting reports. Um, so that's just a thought. Obviously, it'd be great to see a, a person of color or a woman interviewed. Uh, all those people. Uh, I, I don't know their names as readily because there haven't been that many of them that are in the pool of names that usually get mentioned for these things. You know, you got like your Dave Dombrowski and you're like, oh yeah, he's going to go to this team. But uh, there's not that many people of color or women that are in that pool. So I don't know their names yet. Uh, hopefully I get to know them soon. Um, that is something that I am totally open to and I would like uh, that to happen. Uh, if Billy Epler, I'm just mentioning because I know his name and he was with the Angels. That's really his draw for me. Other than that, and I know that he's respected. Uh, other than that, I don't really care. Give me... The best person for the job, doesn't matter who it is, uh, what they do, what they look like, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, just give me the best person. That's all I want. So that's uh, that's my rant on that. Actually, no. David Dombrowski, also, I know that he's already linked to other teams and stuff, I, like the Angels, but uh, I don't want him. He only trades people, and then he leaves a, a pile of ash and rubble after him. So uh, no, no to Dave Dombrowski. Don't like him. Sure, he could do it, but he doesn't build like a long-term thing. He can build for one season and then... It's like the old way of thinking about Brian Cashman. We were like, yeah, sure, you can spend a whole bunch of money. That doesn't mean that you're a better GM. He has proven himself now that, uh, you know, they're, they're doing more drafting and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I'm like, yeah, if you trade all of your future value for right now, sure, you can build a good team. Is that the smart way to do it? No. Will you get fired immediately after you win? Yes. So... Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that whatsoever, and I don't think that the A's uh, could operate that way because they need to be somewhat competitive every year. 
uh, or, you know, win 68 games while they're rebuilding. So um, I don't think that somebody like that is going to be there. They're going to need somebody of the Andrew Friedman realm where they can just keep churning out arms and people and all that stuff. Hey, anybody that's worked with Andrew Friedman on board, hire that person because everybody that has left in the playoffs has somebody who has worked with or under Andrew Friedman in the past. And uh, yeah, that, that seems like it's not a coincidence. It seems like he knows what he's doing. Uh, knowing the A's, though, they're going to get somebody who thought that they may have seen Andrew Friedman at the airport. And they're like, that's our guy or girl. Um, so, yeah, that's a uh, that'd be fun because that's how the A's operate. They're just like, yeah, we're going to not spend a ton of money to do the things that would be kind of easy for us to do. Uh, so this this is going to be a fun process. Um, all right. So coming up on the show, I'm going to talk about the, uh, the ALCS and the NLCS. I, I believe I called it the division series yesterday or the DS. And, uh, as I tweeted out, uh, for my personal account yesterday, I was like in my show notes, I put ALDS instead of ALCS. Uh, I'm an A's fan. Don't expect me to know what the other rounds are called. Anyway, I'm talking about those two series coming up here in just a minute. So stay locked in with locked on A's. I'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you like podcasts. And also, please follow us on social media, at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And fill up that mailbag. You can send all your questions to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So first, cards on the table. I'm recording this after ALCS Game 2, and Game 1 of the NLCS just started, and uh, Freddie Freeman went deep. I'll get into that a little bit later. So I'm starting with the ALCS. There'll be probably some weird edit, and then I'll be talking about the NLCS uh, here in a little bit. So let's start off with the Rays and Astros. The Rays may have gotten a break early in the first when uh, there was a throw to Yuli Gurriel. They said that his foot was not on the bag. That allowed the inning to continue. There was two runners on for Manny Margot, and he went deep with a three-run homer to center field, no less. Uh, can he do that? Apparently he can. He plays great defense, and that's why they got him. And then apparently he hits dingers in the playoffs, too. That is his third home run of the postseason. So if they're getting contributions from guys like Manny Margot, who's still only hitting like 220 or 227 or something like that, but he has three homers and eight ribbies, uh, if he's doing that for a postseason, they got a pretty decent shot, I would think. They're also up 2 to nothing in the series. They won the game. Spoiler alert. They win 4-2. to two. Uh, So he homered in the bottom of the first, and then Carlos Correa homered in the top of the sixth. But uh, before any of that stuff, I'm jumping around. It's not good. Um, so in the top of the second inning, Correa lined out. Yuli Gurriel singled. Josh Reddick popped up, so there was two outs, one on. Martin Maldonado hit a ground rule double, so there was runners on second and third. And then George Springer hit a ball to right field, and it was out of play over, uh, you know, where the, f- the where the fans would be. And Manny Margot made an amazing play. He jumped and caught it and went over the fence and hung on to the ball, and it counted for it out. Uh, yeah, 
Manny Margot in the second inning was the player of the game easily. Um, so good job on Manny Margot for showing out for uh, for game two of the ALCS. Uh, as I said before, Carlos Correa added a home run that made it three to one. Mike Zunino answered back in the bottom of the seventh with a home run of his own, making it four to one. And then the the Astros loaded the bases with nobody out. That was not fun. They got singles from Yuli Gurriel, Josh Reddick, and then Aledmus Diaz. And then George Springer came up again. Big spot for him. And he grounded into a double play. The Astros got a run, but the, the Rays got two needed outs so they had uh, one guy on Jose Altuve walked on four pitches Michael Brantley walked on four pitches and uh, it, it was not looking good it looked like Nick Anderson the Rays closer question mark they don't really have a closer but he's their best reliever by far um, he was in some trouble he had just thrown eight straight balls he had the bases loaded again the Astros were threatening and Alex Bregman inexplicably just Swung at the first pitch. Sure, it's going to be a fastball. It's going to be a located fastball because he doesn't have any more room to mess around and he needs to get you out. And so, sure, you're probably going to get a decent pitch to hit, but uh, he he drove it to right center, but it was the third out and the end of the game. So, sure, uh, maybe you let the guy who hasn't thrown a, a strike in eight pitches, maybe you let him work the count a little bit and see how that goes. Uh, maybe that's just as an A's fan where I've seen that happen a whole bunch. Um, it, it just seems like a weird thing to do when you're in the playoffs and the guy's struggling. Why bail him out? So thanks to Alex Bregman on that one, he obliterated the ball all day. And people were like, oh, he had a bad day at the plate because he went 0 for 5. And he hit the ball hard five times. And eh, that's bad luck. Three of those were friggin' grounders with launch angles of negative 3, negative 4, negative 5. So, uh, yeah, he's hitting those just right into the ground. But not hard enough where it's going to bounce up and give you a chance to outrun it. No, they were just ground balls. So, sure, he hit the ball hard. But uh, that that's not what the launch angle revolution's all about, guys. You got to hit it, like, between 15 and 25. That's, that's your sweet spot. That's what you want to hit it at. And he was not doing that. So was it a bad day at the plate? Sure, I guess. But uh, mostly because of the 0 for 5, not because he was hitting the ball hard and getting unlucky. Also, the, is or, or the Rays are a very analytical team, and they know where to position, guys. That is the key to analytics sometimes, is uh, just knowing how to position your defense. And the Rays are probably the best analytical team out there right now. The Dodgers may give them a run for their money, but they gave up that solo homer to the Braves. So we'll see how that... uh. How my how my tune changes here in the next couple of hours. Anyways, the Rays are up two to nothing in the series. They're sitting pretty, as I said yesterday. If they go up two nothing, they're looking really good. They've got one more ace going, I think, in game three. Um, let me double check. Scratch that. They do not have an ace going tomorrow. They have Ryan Yarborough, who is not a bad pitcher by any means, but he is not. Uh, who was I think uh, Tyler Glass now he's going in game four so yeah if they give up game three sure but they're gonna have the rested guys going on full rest they're they're planning this thing up for the long haul if they need to uh the Astros are countering with Jose Urquidy so uh as, as we saw Jose Urquidy not a bad pitcher to be thrown out there either so it should be an interesting game three see if the Astros can climb their way back into the series but uh the, the Rays are using their bullpen the way that they need to, and they're getting enough out of their starting pitching. So uh, I'm really liking their chances, especially up two to nothing. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. But let's switch over to the NLCS here real quick. As I mentioned already, Freddie Freeman hit a home run off of Walker Bueller from the two spot in the, in the lineup. And uh, Walker Bueller did not have a great day, but we did live up to his name. He ended up going five innings, give, gave up three hits, one earned run. That's all Sterling. Struck out seven. That's all great. But he did walk five. So Walker Bueller with the double Bs, uh, 
five times. That that drove up his pitch count, only made him go five innings, and then the uh, the Dodger bullpen faltered in the ninth inning where, uh, well, l- let's not go to the ninth inning first. Kike uh, Hernandez hit a home run in the sixth inning to tie up the game. That was uh, positive. Things were looking good for the Dodgers. And then in the ninth inning, Austin Riley led off against Blake Trinan, and he got a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, or maybe a sinker, uh, in the middle of the plate and knee high, that's that's where you want the pitch if you're getting BP. And he obliterated the crap out of that baseball, so that put the Dodgers up or the uh, the Braves up two to one. But oh my, were they not done? Uh, Ronald Acuna doubled, and then Freddie Freeman flew out, so there was one out. But Ronald Acuna also advanced to third on that play. Marcelo Zuna singled home and uh, singled him home on that one, so that made it three to one. There was a pitching change. Blake Trinan got lifted. He was still responsible for the runner on first. Travis Darno, he popped up. Dodgers got two outs. They're looking okay. And then Ozzie Albee steps to the plate, batting righty, going against the lefty Jake McGee. And uh, he, he went yard. He also hit the crap out of a ball. He got a 96-mile-an-hour heater down in the exact middle of the plate. I don't know what the Dodgers were thinking. Uh, sometimes that's what the A's do in the postseason, too. And uh, it doesn't seem to work out throwing pitches down the middle of the plate. So uh, maybe pitchers should stop doing that is a thought. Um, so yeah, the Braves ended up winning this game 5-1. to one. Dodgers didn't really do much in the ninth. Uh, they went 1-2-3. So uh, that, that's, uh, that's the game. That's game one recap of the NLCS brought to you by Locked on A's. <laughs> uh, we're, we're just doing baseball to get us through until the offseason. And then, uh, then we'll get into more A's deep divey things, uh, ace history and all that stuff. But you know, while there's baseball, I'm gonna enjoy the crap out of it and, uh, hopefully bring some of that joy to you guys. So that's what I'm doing here. Uh, the Braves take a one to nothing series lead in the NLCS, uh, pitching probables. I don't know who's going tomorrow. The Braves are tossing out Ian Anderson and then the Dodgers got Clayton Kershaw. So, uh, obviously you like the Dodgers chances in that one. Kershaw is the season vet, but he does have that postseason, uh, you know, drama hanging over his head. So see if he can counteract that a little bit. Usually that's in like clinching games. So we should be okay for our game to start uh, to completely dominate and do what Kershaw does. But uh, the Braves showed some fight. If the Dodgers are unable to score, then, you know, we'll see what happens. Max Fried is the, the Braves' best pitcher by far. And for the Braves to have a, a better shot in winning this series, I feel like they have to win the Max Fried starts. So they, they did that in game one. It took till the ninth inning for them to really uh, take the lead in this one. But they did it, and they're up one nothing. So uh, Dodgers got some work cut out for them, and we'll see how that goes moving forward. Uh, they also have the early game on Tuesday afternoon. They're playing at 3, and then the Rays and Astros are playing at 5.40. So uh, they're switching start times for today's action. And the Dodgers, unlike the Rays, don't have necessarily the bullpen depth that the Rays do where they're shut down, guys. They have a lot of good relievers, but Blake Trinan, you can touch him. Jake McGee, you can touch him. Kenley Jansen, not pitching the ninth. Uh, and I don't think it's because they were the home team. I think that there's uh, some, some trouble in paradise with you know, how he's been doing lately. So uh, who's going to be closing out games for them? Don't know. That's a big storyline to keep an eye out on. See if somebody can step up their uh, their game a little bit. So uh, that's what I'm keeping an eye out for in the NLCS. Uh, let me know who you're rooting for. I'm rooting, you know, Dodgers Rays just because Dodgers, I told you guys yesterday, uh, I like Dodger Stadium and the Rays because they're not the Astros and they're kind of like the A's. So those are my reasons for picking those two teams. I wouldn't be mad if the Braves made it, but at some point I do feel like I kind of want the Dodgers to to get theirs. 
And uh, so hopefully they get it one of these years. If it's this year, cool. Um, wouldn't be mad at it, but the Braves seem like a fun and exciting team too. How can you not like Ronald Cunha Jr.? Um, so yeah, I, I'm going into that one, not necessarily having a rooting interest, but you know, kind of pulling for the Dodgers. So I guess it's like 60-40, I guess, with that one. Uh, the raise is 100 and like negative 100, and I'm going full raise on that one. So uh, that's that. Let me know who you're rooting for at Locked on A's on Twitter. Um, I'm posting stuff on Instagram too, so follow us on there. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and Please fill up that mailbag whenever you get a chance. Let me know what you guys are thinking for the offseason. Uh, is losing Billy Bean a big thing? Uh, should I be more concerned? Who do you think could be the next GM? Uh, t- toss me all those at, you know, LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But uh, that's going to be it for me today, you guys. Stay indoors, celebrate good times, keep wearing those masks, and I'll talk with you guys tomorrow.